you so much, Mel. Of course, let's give God some praise for the signature. Join me in the book of Joshua, chapter 1, the Old Testament book of Joshua, chapter 1, and we will attempt to read verses 1 through 9. Joshua, chapter 1, verses 1 through Translation, Joshua chapter 1, chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant is dead, therefore the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites across the Jordan River, into the land I am giving them. I promise you what I promised Moses, wherever you set your feet, you will be on the land I have given you from the Negev wilderness in the south to the Lebanon mountain in the north, from the Euphrates River in the east to the Mediterranean Sea in the west, including all the land of the Hittites. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. This is my commandment, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Word of the Lord, you may be seated. In the context of verse one, I want to sort of center in or zoom in on the words given to Joshua by God, specifically in verse seven. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left, then you will be successful in everything that you do. Lifting up the continuous theme as we deal with the idea of what it means to be a warrior, I want to talk this morning about the characteristics of a warrior. The characteristic of a warrior. On last Sunday, I gave you what I consider to be my initial characteristic of a warrior, and that is the passion and possession of a fighting mentality. We took a visit to certain episodes in the life of David in his early development, which provided for us the continual evidence that David 
was indeed a successful warrior as he began early in his life to possess and to have the passion to be a warrior when we considered his volunteerism to go out and fight against the giant Goliath who was physically outweighed David by hundreds of pounds. Remember Goliath is described in the text by the writer in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 33 as a warrior himself from his youth which means that Goliath started the development of being a warrior and adopting the warrior mentality even at a very early age. So much so that the warrior remembers, exercises the idea of arrogance and intimidation. Arrogance and intimidation. And we hear this in Goliath's response as he witnesses David who comes down into the valley of Eli to confront Goliath. And here is how Goliath described David. In fact, the episode sort of struggled in Goliath's mind trying to figure out what is this boy doing here trying to do a man's job. But he says this way, he says, am I a dog that you, David, should come to me with the sticks that are in your hand. Remember, David approaches Goliath unconventionally, not with weapons of warfare that would typically be used, but he came with five smooth stones and a slingshot. And Goliath's observation was that the very fact that David took this approach suggested that Goliath had been reduced to nothing more than a dog who is being approached with a few sticks. In fact, when he looks at David, he curses David by the gods of the Philistines. And he says, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the wild beast of the field. And remember, warriors instill fear. They don't embrace fear, they instill fear and intimidation. And here it is, this young shepherd boy, amazingly in the eyes of Goliath, was not intimidated, nor did he have any fear, at least that we can see, in the presence of Goliath at all. In fact, he possessed that fighting mentality and responded to Goliath's insult by saying, you come to me with a sword, with a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And he said, this very day, the Lord will deliver you into my hands and I will strike you down and cut off your head and I will give your body to the birds of the air and the wild animals of the field. Remember I said the warrior 
instills fear and intimidation, doesn't embrace it. And if you read closely in the story of 1 Samuel 17, Daniel, uh, David actually practices reverse psychology, although I believe Goliath thought that he could intimidate David with his size, David used his fighting mentality and reversed what Goliath said and said to him, if you think that I'm going to be the meal for the birds in the air and the meal for the wild beasts, I got some fresh new news that's revelation for you. And that is you come with your conventional stuff to work with. But because I know a God who operates in the realm of being unconventional, who knows how to use weaponry of warfare that man has no idea what it is, I come to you in the name of the Lord. That tells us something right there. In order for you to have a fighting mentality and to be strong to make sure that you don't allow fear and intimidation to reduce you, I believe that David faked this thing to a little bit. He realized that he was outsized by Goliath and under normality he certainly could not win this battle but he did not reduce himself. In fact, I think he got a little closer to Goliath up in his face, up in here, up in here and simply said, you know what? In my own mind, Goliath can't hear this but David is talking to him himself and sometimes it's wise for you to talk to yourself because you got to psych yourself up sometimes when you facing odds and not sure how it's going to work out. Don't let nobody else know that you scurred on the inside but you got to let yourself know I might be scurred but I'm coming in the name of the Lord because that's all I got and the God that I know won't allow fear to overtake me but I'm going to stand on his word. I'm going to work in the spirit I'm going to allow his power to work through me and though it looked like I'm going to lose this thing I just got a gut feeling on the inside that the God that I serve says David I come in his name and he go kill you take your head off and leave your body to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the field patting himself on the back realizing I got to hype myself up because this joker is too three, four times the size that I am, but he remember in the depths of his soul, he might be bigger than I am, but he's not bigger than the God that I serve who has been kind enough to me to show me no matter how big the obstacle is, don't tell me how big the obstacle is. Tell me how big your God is, that God can bring down the largest of the largest, the most powerful of the most powerful, and the most wisest and the most wisest because none is wiser none is more powerful and none are more larger than the God that we serve and so what did David do with that fighting mentality he showed us how he seized that opportunity to win how he did not allow that moment of intimidation or fear by Goliath to cause him to miss 
his opportunity to win just because the moment was bigger than he was. No matter what you are going through, don't let the moment intimidate you to a point where you turn around and, wanna, and run away because it's larger than you are. Remember that the God that you serve is so much more larger that he's so wide you can't get around him and so high you can't get over him and so low you can't get under him and because God is that large that obstacle can be reduced by you merely saying in the name of the Lord I am not going to run away from this situation don't run away because it looked like you won't win don't run away because the odds are against you don't run away because you got a little bit of fear on the inside of you don't run away because you don't know exactly how it's going to work out don't run away because you don't have all the weapons with you don't run away because ain't nobody in the background to help you don't run away because you don't know whether God going to show up in the time all you got to do is trust and never doubt him God will surely bring you out every single time grandmama got it right he may not come when you want him but he's always on time can I get a witness in here this morning that he has showed up in a lot of different ways you wasn't for sure how it's gonna work out but here comes God you saw tears welling up but here comes God you saw fear getting in your eggs a little bit but here comes God God will show up every time if you trust him and lean on him and don't doubt him but rest in his everlasting arms and God will bring you through every single time seize that opportunity to be victorious but David also showed us how he defeated his opposition larger than he was and yet the weaponry that he used unconventionally gave him the victory people can't understand sometimes how you endure the level of persecution or the level of opposition that you're dealing with merely simply saying you know what I'm going to do two things I'm going to pray that God gives me the strength to endure this and I'm going to put the word on this situation because if you have no weaponry as law as long as you got the word of God you got all the weaponry that you need and God will use his word to make sure that you are victorious in bringing about defeat over your opposition. So remember, don't leave, don't run away because you stand in the need of gaining victory in the opposition or the opportunity. And remember, God will give you defeat and victory to the opposition. But here's what David further said. My fighting mentality helped me to eliminate the obstacles that stood before my people. Remember when you read 1 Samuel 17, everybody was in the background, John and Hehorn, about David being this young teenage boy who would go down and fight Goliath. Now watch this. Everybody got something to say, but nobody got the guts to stand up to the obstacle that is posing threat to their life. But here comes a young boy who knew who God was, who had a 
experience with God, who stood on God. And this is why you got to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Because no matter what the obstacle is, when you know God is in your corner, when you know God is in your background, when you know God is in your mind and your heart, when you know God has been there for you before, when you know God is a bridge over troubled waters, when you know God will help you when nobody else will help you, when you know God will be there when nobody else will be there, you can go out and face the obstacle without having any fear at all. Everybody else will be in the background. I don't know why you're doing this. Don't know why you're taking that move. I just take my losses and run away. I ain't taking no losses at all. If the God of our serve, who's not a God of losses, why should I take a loss? But God is a God of victory. God is a God of overcoming. God is a God of bringing me through. And if God be with me, who can stand against me? So David says he goes out and confronts his obstacle. And in confronting his obstacle, he removes the obstacle from the people. And the people in return end up benefiting from David's boldness, from David's fighting mentality. That's what gets me sometimes. People in the background be shawn and mourn at their mouth. But yet when the victory is won, they the first one want to be up front and get part of the celebration and the dancing. Get your behind back there in the back where you want to stay at when the road meets the rubber and things have got to be done if you ain't willing to come out and fight don't come out and celebrate stay where you are earn your way back to the forefront and David was willing to go out and remove the obstacle cut his head off just like he prophesied and end up coming back to town and telling everybody look what my God has done I know Goliath has scared y'all long enough but he ain't gonna scare you no more because I have a God who gave me the power and the authority to be able to go out and remove the obstacle that stood before him. Now that's the first characteristic that you've got to have a fighting mentality in order to be a strong warrior for the kingdom of God. But here's the second characteristic and the second characteristic is you've got to have a stern focus for victory. You've got to have a stern Focus for victory. Distractions and determents and disappointments and dissatisfactions and diversions and detours and distance cannot be permitted to sidetrack your focus from accomplishing the victory or to get to the end that God has prescribed. Here it is, staying focused will produce the miraculous. Write that down. Staying focused will produce the miraculous. I'll say it again. Staying focused will produce the miraculous. So many God-given miracles that are conceived in the spirit man never manifest themselves or birth themselves into existence because we lose focus from the promise word of God. We never get to bring forth the seed of life that God places in us. It ends up being aborted and never coming to manifestation because we lose focus on the promised word of God. Check this out. God sends his word and impregnates us 
with what God intends if we listen to God's word in Isaiah 55 and 11. God has placed in us a word and that word gives birth unto us and God has given the promise that he will watch over it and perform it. Read it, Isaiah 55 and 11. God will perform what he put in us. And look at Jeremiah 1 and 12. God will not only perform, but God will accomplish what his word is sent out to do. I mentioned those two words in those two texts because the word perform and the word accomplish actually come from the same Hebrew word asa, which means that God is going to not only give birth, but he's going to create, he's going to labor, he's going to toil, he's going to make it happen, and he's going to spring forth. Listen to what those two verses say. God, when he gives birth in you, will make sure that you are able to deliver in the fullness of time if you stay focused on the promise that God has given you. Maybe sometimes we end up not seeing the victory because when God gives us a passage of scripture to hold on to, we don't hold on to the passage. Listen, when you talk about God giving you a passage of scripture, you got to walk with that passage through the rain. You got to walk with that passage through the sunshine. You got to walk through that passage when life is good. You got to walk with that passage when life is bad. You got to sleep with that passage when the sleep ain't good and when the sleep is good you got to eat that passage day in and day out and if you stay focused on the word that God has given you you will be able to see God bring that thing to birth in due season and God will help you with the labor pains God will help you breathe while you're trying to give birth God will make sure that everything works together for the good but you and I have to stay focused on the word of God if we expect to experience how God is going to bring about in us deliverance. Promises, God's promises brings forth in the fulfillment of his promise the healing and the deliverance and the freedom that he has assigned to the promise that's been given unto us. We don't see healing. We don't see freedom. We don't see the fulfillment of the promise because we're not focusing on the word that God has given us. That kind of focus, that kind of warrior-like focus is the requirement that God required of Joshua, which may be self-disciplined of meditation in the word and on the word. So here that is, once I read the word, I get in it. But once I read it and begin to conceive it, I got to think on it. I got to allow myself to marinate in the word day in and day out. And I know this has to be true because when God gives Joshua his assignment, he starts out by telling this young man that it is incredibly important and essential that you have a focused mind and in return you will see receive the reward for being focused he tells him first as I was with Moses no let me say this first he says understand this first of all Moses my servant is dead 
That means that Moses' ministry is done. His journey is finished. Ain't no need you reverting back to what we used to do with Moses. It ain't going to help you now. Here's what you need to do. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now I'm assigning you, Joshua, to lead this people into the land promised their ancestors. Understand, although Moses is dead, here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to forget what Moses has taught you. Uh-huh. And here's something that we've forgotten. We, we forget that it's okay to remember your ancestors. But what you don't want to do is forget what the ancestors taught us. When you forget what they taught us, then you miss the whole purpose of their existence while they were with us. You can't allow yourself to, re to release yourself from the wisdom that they gave us that certainly would help us in the now if we would just simply remember it. Look at verse 7 in clause A. God, first of all, reminds Joshua, I need for you to do two things. Number one, I need for you to make sure you be strong. So if you're going to be focused, you got to be strong. You got to find your strength. You got to find your fortitude. You got to find how you're going to stand. You got to find where you stand. You got to be strong. That means in order to be focused, you got to concentrate on being focused. Not just be strong, but he tells him to be courageous. That means that if you're going to stay focused, in the meantime, while you're being focused, coming across your path might be a number of challenges that will challenge you in terms of your courage. He tells him, be very strong, be very courageous, but here it is, be careful to obey all the instructions that Moses gave you because Moses has been where you're going. And because Moses has been where you going and Moses shared with you how to get there, it would be wise for you to remember the wisdom that Moses shared with you. It would be wise for us to stop thinking that our ancestry mentality was antiquated. It wasn't antiquated, it was quite accurate. In fact, the wisdom and the words that they said in the past are quite timeless, which means it's applicable now. I can remember some of the things that my grandfather told me. It sounded antiquated then, but it's a reality now. Every now and then, I have to kick into some of that wisdom. And you know what? It works far better than the college education I got. It works far better than the seminary education I got. It works far better than the PhD education I got. It just makes simple common sense if you just sit down and think about it and my grandfather and my grandmama always told me everything ain't in a book some stuff you gotta walk through in order to gain the wisdom from the experience that's why we shouldn't always be so opposed to walking through some dark days sometimes because if it hadn't been the dark for the dark days you really wouldn't appreciate when the sunshine is shining bright in your life can't no book tell you that it has to be an experience that you walk through when it's dark and you need some hope can't no book tell you how to get that hope 
hope you really got to work that word on the inside of your spirit and come to realize in the darkest of a moment God still brings light and if I hadn't walked through that dark moment I wouldn't know how to appreciate when I get some light so I had to shout in darkness because when I got to the light I realized I got something now ready to shout for I had to shout in sickness because when I got healed I realized I got something to shout for now you got to walk through some experiences sometimes with simple common sense so our ancestors had wisdom and Joshua is informed don't you forget the instructions that Moses gave unto you is very important that you keep that instruction in you. Notice what God does. He identifies Moses as the mouthpiece that planted the seeds in the life of Joshua and now he's going to grow and harvest if he honors the words that Moses had spoken. Some of us, I think, can testify that when we do remember and when we do apply what our ancestry, grandmama, granddaddy, mama, daddy, great-grandmama, great-granddaddy, uncle, auntie, when we realize what they have taught us and we practice it and found it to be true, in honoring that, we have been quite rewarded because we allowed ourselves to live off of common sense. Here's a simple one that I'm going to move on. My grandmama and grandfather practiced what's called layaway. They knew nothing of a credit card, couldn't afford one, didn't know anything of a savings account, didn't have a checking account, but they planned for what they were going to buy us for Christmas. I wish I had some help in here this morning. They exercised layaway. So every week, grandmom and granddaddy would go down to the Benjamin Franklin 5 and 10 cent store and pay a little bit here every now and then and come back and pay a little bit more every now and then so that, and they would plan that thing way out so that when Christmas time come, there wouldn't be the rush to try to find something they had already paid on it for the whole year you and I would be wise to realize ain't nothing wrong with a little layaway and if the store don't have layaway do like my grandmom and granddaddy do as well get you a shoe box cut you a hole in the top of it and every week drop a little bit down in there until you get to where you want to get to they just exercise common sense but what they're trying to tell us is you'd be wise you wouldn't have so much credit card debt and you wouldn't be paying so much interest and you wouldn't stay in bondage so much if you just utilize some of our simplistic wisdom of using a shoebox to help you plan for where you're trying to get you I'm just trying to help somebody this morning stay focused as a warrior and that's what he tells Joshua he says stay focused and watch what he says. Look at verse 7, clause B. He tells them, first of all, in clause A, verse 7, chapter 1, book of Joshua, be strong and courageous, staying focused. But then he says, don't deviate. Don't go to the left. Don't turn to the right. And then he gives them a promise. He says, if you stay focused and keep moving forward, and stay in the middle of the road of my word, here's the promise, then your way will be successful in everything that you do. 
Maybe the challenge for us is that to stay focused and to stay in the middle of the road for the word of God is a difficult task because we run the high risk of always wanting to look back at yesterday's glory. And the problem with looking back is it's hard to drive a straight line in the middle of the road and you are constantly not looking through the rearview mirror but turning around. You ever tried it? Try driving home from church today and don't look through the rearview mirror to see what's behind you. Keep turning around constantly looking back and let me see how straight of a line you're going to travel. And if there's a law enforcement officer in sight and he recognizes you, you can rest for sure those blue lights are going to be turning real soon behind you. And he's going to raise the question when he pulls you over or she, are you okay? I noticed you were all over the road. And, and your response would be, officer, I apologize, but I was looking back to see what was behind me. He's going to ask, or she's going to ask, were well, you looking through your rearview mirror? Obviously you weren't because if you were, you wouldn't be so far off to the left or to the right. No, officer, I was turning completely around to see what was behind me. And the officer would say, oh no, you can't do that. You have to stay focused moving forward. You can look through your rearview mirror and deviate. This takes skill. You got to work at this and just look for a moment there and see what's behind you and then look back. But that's the shifting of the eyes. Don't turn your whole body around because you turn your whole body around. Watch this. You're going to have to let the steering wheel go. And when you let the steering wheel go, you've left your automobile to its own piloting. And that's not a good idea because the road leads the car in the direction. That's the reason why the car has a steering wheel because you can release a car down the street, nobody driving it, and it will move forward. But the road itself and its own gravitation will shift it from side to side or make it go in one direction or make it go in another direction. As a result, it'll end up crashing. But if somebody's behind the wheel and actually navigating it, then that car can get you from point A to point B. I'm just trying to help somebody understand. Stop looking behind you with your whole body and stay focused on where you're going so that you can get to where God is trying to get you. Listen, if you're going to go through the process of fasting and praying and crying and weeping about moving to some place where you believe there's victory, don't practice self-defeat by looking around in the back Stay focused and move ahead. Stay focused and capture what's around you that God may be showing you. That's the victory about being able to shift your eyes when you're riding down the road. We call it expressing or experiencing scenic view. You can look to the left and look to the right and still be driving forward, but you get to take in the scenery. You get as you would not see, and you can do that when God is in control. Listen to what he tells us in Isaiah 43, verse 18. Don't call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past. And here's what he's telling Israel. When you come out of captivity, don't keep talking about how bad it was in yesterday. Hey, here's a victory. You made it through it. You survived it. 
You came out of yesterday's trouble. You came out of yesterday's challenge. You came out of yesterday's valley. Now that you're in freedom, look ahead. See what's in store for you moving forward. But stop looking around and looking back on yesterday's glory. Behold, I'm going to do something new, says God. Now it will spring forth, making a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Stay focused because God is saying, I'm going to make ways for you, but you can't see me waking away if you're busy looking behind you. Stay focused, says Jesus, Luke 6, 9 and 62. No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom. Stay focused, says Jesus in Luke 17, 32. He says to us, remember Lot's wife. Remember what happens to Lot's wife when she looks back? If she had just kept on walking out of Sodom, and walking along with Lot, she would have gotten to the destiny that was prepared, but she just had to look back. And looking back, she turns into a pillar of salt. She destroyed herself looking back. Stay focused, says Paul, Philippians 3 and 13. This one thing I do, regretting those things or forgetting those things which are behind and reaching for that which is before me. When Joshua grasped this stern focus and employed the words spoken from Moses, the promise of God will bring him, as with Moses, was evident in the victories that he experienced. And then when you start reading Joshua chapter 2, he is victorious as he sends his group in on the recognizance mission in coming in and realizing that the king and his servants were looking for them, but he is successful because he trusts the words of Moses that had been given to him, and he makes connection with the unconventional person of all people, Rahab, who hides him from the possible death by the king. He's victorious because he trusts the words of Moses that came from God and that would be victorious in his life. In chapter 3, he's victorious. He's victorious because as they make preparations across the Jordan, God, in his speaking of the word, informs Joshua exactly in detail how they are to move across the Jordan, putting the priest out front with the Ark of the Covenant and how they are to lay stones in the ground. He's victorious in chapter 4 because in the laying of the stones, they had two ceremonies. They are victorious because they stick specifically to the plan, not deviating, but staying focused on God. But watch this. In chapter 5, the victory comes because Moses and Joshua are affirmed in the same manner by God. Remember when Moses is on the backside of the desert and he comes up upon this burning tree 
And as he approaches closer, the word of God says that the, the voice from the tree says, Moses, come a little closer. And when he comes closer, he tells him to take off his shoes because the ground that you are standing is holy ground. If you read the same text here in Joshua chapter 5, the exact same thing happens to Joshua. When Joshua is on his way to victory again, he is met by an angel. And an angel challenges him in terms of what you're going to do now that you are being challenged to deviate from your focus. And Joshua says, here it is right here, neither me, but I am a commander of the Lord, says the one who challenges Joshua. Joshua says, are you a friend or are you a foe? And the angel says, I'm neither. I am here as a representative of God. And Joshua falls to his place and says in reverence, I am at your command. What do you want me to do? And the commander says, take off your shoes. Because the ground where you are standing is holy ground. The challenge to Joshua was, when I send this angel, will you allow this angel to deviate you from where you are focused? And when Joshua says, I don't know who you are, identify yourself. And the angel says, I am the commander of the Lord. I really believe that that just wasn't an angel. That was God who manifested himself in the form of an angel. To test Joshua to see, are you going to deviate from the focus that I told you you need to get to where you got to be? Remember I told you back in chapter 1 verse 7, don't deviate to the left, don't deviate to the right, but stay in the middle and stay focused. And when Joshua says, what is it that you would have me to do? And the angel says, take off your shoes. Why would he tell him that? Because your commander. Your old friend Moses that I had you to grow up with, I had him to do the same thing because I'm confirming that you're on the right road. Now, I'm just going to close by telling you something that might blow your mind, but don't, don't make a judgment about it. Just think about it. I am convinced that God uses ancestry to sometimes confirm what he's trying to tell you. All right, you say, I got to have scripture. You gotta, I know you say, you got to have, come on, you got to give me some Bible. Well, think about this. Why in the world would King Saul go and meet the witch of Endor to try to get Samuel resurrected that he might help him figure out why he keeps losing at battle? What I find amazing is the witch of Endor tells him, ain't nothing I can do for you. Because Samuel is dead and I don't have that kind of power. But amazingly, Samuel does come back to life and tell Saul what his issue is. And his issue is, you won't be the king much more longer. I just hate to tell you that. And then he goes back. In fact, Samuel says, why you worrying me in the state that I am? I'm in glory celebrating God. Why you want to bring me back here to this drum? I'm just simply trying to say, I think every now and then, God uses ancestry to help us realize he's confirming where we are going. And that ancestry appears to us sometimes in a dream sometimes God works through a word and we can see our ancestor in the text 
Sometimes God brings a person to our presence that we could have sworn they look just like our ancestor. I'm simply saying don't try to limit God in a box when he's trying to give you focus and direction because you never know how God's going to lead or confirm what he's doing in your life. That's not dabbling in the dead. That's simply saying God uses those of the past to bring about the confirmation of what he's doing for you in the present. And the reason why I know that is because every time I know I need to go someplace, it's Jesus that I see every single time that reminds me where I'm going and why I need to be going in that particular direction stay focused whatever you do and God will confirm your direction every single time I just came to tell you highlight verse 7 of chapter 1 of Joshua don't go to the left don't go to the right but stay focused and listen to the instructions that has been given to you by your ancestor and I am convinced you will see victory God will bring about the victory, not only in confirming what he did, but God will bring about the satisfaction of glory in your spirit. We often lose and abort our opportunity for victory because we lose focus in the mental arena, which is the major location for spiritual warfare. That's where Satan attacks us. Because if you can grasp our minds, we're no longer a fighting warrior. We have been reduced from being the warrior to being the puppet on the string of an enemy. And Joshua knows. I got to listen to what Moses said. His wisdom means something. But I got to hear what God is saying as well. His word has promised me something. And when you do that, You'll be victorious every single time. You may not have the crowd shouting with you. Who cares? It wasn't the crowd that was fighting with you. It's God's word that made the victory for you. Stay focused. Don't turn to the left. Don't turn to the right. There will always be detours, deviations, distractions. But a warrior stays focused on the target. Because if you don't, when you go to shoot, you'll miss. And it's all because you weren't focused. Your kaleidoscope is right here. It'll pinpoint victory every single time. Lord, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight, for indeed you are our strength.